Welcome to Accelerate OC, the only show focused on the people leading innovation in Orange County. Join our host, Carrie Ransom, and his conversations with the trendsetters, entrepreneurs, investors, and leaders here, because it's time to Accelerate OC. Good morning. Welcome to Accelerate OC. I'm Carrie Ransom, and thanks always to my engineer, Paul, for making me and my guests sound so good. Today's episode is sponsored by Collective Genius and my friend Jeff Martin, who runs that, and particularly want to draw attention to his program for venture-backed and high-growth companies called Peak Planning. We're in the fourth quarter now, and a lot of companies are planning for 2020 and what's ahead for them, and often they will try to go off-site with their leadership team and do some planning for the year ahead. And Jeff has a great program to facilitate that called Peak Planning, where he will help Get that leadership team aligned on a three-year vision, a one-year plan, quarterly goals, and all the tools to stay on track. And so if you're interested in having someone like Jeff to facilitate, hit me up, and I'm happy to make the introduction. I am really excited uh, to bring Peter Wynn on here today. And before we get to hear about Peter and all his business endeavors, and I think many that uh, aren't even publicly known uh, he has an amazing background, but I want to give you a little bit of an introduction to Peter, and then we'll, we'll quickly hear from him. So he is currently the founder and CEO of a company here called Ad Exchange Group, which is based in Irvine, and it is the leading direct-to-consumer digital performance-based agency. And he reached $100 million in revenue in this agency in less than two years after he launched it which is an incredible feat, and we, we're definitely going to dig in on, around how he did that. Uh, he's received a ton of awards for his work as both an entrepreneur and for this company um, due to the growth, due to his uh, clear prowess as an entrepreneur. And he's been uh, given accolades by magazines such as Inc. and Entrepreneur Magazine. He also won the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award. And also received a local award from the Orange County Business Journal for Excellence in Entrepreneurship. He has some other companies as well. He is the co-founder of a really successful company called Chargeback 360 that we were just talking about. He's also the CEO and founder of a company called Push Innovation that does logistics and provides other services to direct-to-consumer brands. And that's an area that he just has a tremendous background in. Uh, Push, as an example, has 100 employees and ships over uh, hundred or tens of thousands, at least, of products every single day for other companies. Um, I'm going to say that Peter was born an entrepreneur, and he started a, a web design firm and development firm while he was still in college in Florida. Uh, just learned that he moved out here, and I'll let him tell mm-hmm. uh, tell us why he moved out here originally. But uh, we're really glad that he stuck around. He's, as I've mentioned, he started a number of different businesses, including one that is an educational business that he provides to help others start their own product and service businesses online. Uh, he's been here in Orange County for about 10 years, but he's done business all over the world. So I'm going to definitely ask him about how do he compares and contrasts business in Orange County versus other places that he's been or, or done business. Peter, it's really great to have you here. Great to be here, Kerry. I'm really excited to have a fun time today. Great. Well, let's get to the starting line. So I mentioned Ad Exchange Group. Um, Introduce the audience to the business and how you decided to to start it. Yeah, so I've I've actually been an entrepreneur now 
going on, I think, 18, 19 years, wow. you know, as a freshman in college. And so I've always been on the digital side. Um, at first, launching my own products. Um, I was lucky enough to be kind of at the right kind of time frame where the, you know, websites and the internet mm -hmm. and, you know, early stages of marketing uh, was developed. And I was kind of always on the kind of that forefront and always paid a close attention to that. I've had, you know, pretty moderate success in, in my early days, made a lot of the mistakes early on and learned really, really quickly kind of how to navigate that. And in 2008, um, the direct consumer market just started to boom. I was one of the first original 12, what we call advertisers. An advertiser is a, a product owner, you know, um, and I was one of the first original dozen, you know, people called, you know, OGs, found, you know, founding mm -hmm. father, mm -hmm. you know, of, of the space. And um, I was on the advertiser side and um, I took a $7,000 investment. That's all I had at the time. It was a uh, thousand of cash and, you know, 6,000 on an Amex and uh, to start that my first campaign it was a teeth mining product um i had i was in florida at the time and uh i, I just started dating my now wife and she lived in california i was ready to leave anyways uh leave florida i lived in florida for 20 years mm -hmm. and i was like it was time for me to move out um i was either going to move to texas or california and then when I met my wife, I was like, okay, California it is. Mm -hmm. She was living in Orange County at the time. She lived in L.A. Um, uh, prior. And uh, and so, you know, she gave me an ultimatum, funny enough. She mm -hmm. says, if you don't move out here by the end of the year, it's over. And I was like, okay. Well, I, you know, I was pretty serious. I was like, okay, I better find a way to, you know, move out. And and I was in the direct-to-consumer space. And so fortunately, transplanting and you know, I can work out of my own, you know, computer and give mm -hmm. me a laptop and a Starbucks and I'm, and I'm fine. Mm. So, so I, I created this first campaign, you know, I gave myself, you know, six weeks to launch this campaign and keep in mind, you know, I was in the industry for about six months prior. And, and this is my first one I was going to do on my own with a partner at the time. And so we, we took this $7,000 and I said, I gave myself six weeks to launch this. Um, I went to this other digital agency and I said, what product do you want? And they said, we need a teeth whitening product. I said, okay, I'll launch that. I took that $7,000 and then um, six months after launch, uh, six weeks after we launched that, um, less than two, two and a half months, we ended up doing uh, $2.1 million in revenue. And I've uh, since then have done dozens of campaigns. Uh, similar to that um, and became kind of a, a thought leader. I, I created a course that t taught people how to actually do this. You know, Baylor University picked up that course mm. uh, within, you know, months of me launching the course, uh, nine semesters deep in, you know, um, that course. Baylor's the second rank entrepreneurship program in, in the country by Princeton Review. And um, our course is the highest rated course in the history of Baylor, you know, and so um, it was, the course was 500 page textbook and 20 DVDs long and 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 so a lot of people consider me as one of the godfathers in direct-to-consumer you know, advertising and uh, a lot of uh, my students have became many many dozens if not many more have um, became very very successful and you know the existing advertiser in this space a lot of them are transplants or, or students of mine or learn from the students of mine so over that period of time myself being an advertiser launching dozens of campaigns you know, doing hundreds of millions of dollars in, in, in revenue. Then um, I started in, in 2013, I uh, came up with the idea to say, you know what, I was already working 
I was a client of all the service providers in the space, and mm -hmm. I knew all the big ones, and I also saw what they were missing. And so I said I had an opportunity. I co-founded it with the two other guys, and we launched Ad Exchange, and we want to do things a, a lot differently. And so just like with any business I start, um, I don't like starting another and one. Like to me, that's just mm -hmm. not fun, and mm -hmm. it's not interesting, and it's not long-lasting. So I always try to find the holes, the pain points, the, the thing that people are missing and how can we do it better? How can we be the best? Um, I don't really focus too much about competitors. A lot of, you know, I think there's a saying is like, you know, um, if you focus on um, like losers, focus on winners and winners focus on winning. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and that's always kind of been my mentality is, is I just focus on being my best and our companies being our best. And, and that's all we really focus on. And, and we do pay attention to some competitors are just as far as what they're doing, so how, to, how to navigate it even a little better. But we don't really focus on, you know, we, we want com competition is good. I, mm -hmm. I want my competitors mm -hmm. to win because it makes makes us better sure. and it provides other options. And so, you know, we found a void. Adex, you know, to my surprise, I, you know, I wish, you know, a lot of people can say, oh, yeah, we had this plan to do $100 million in under 20 months. And no, we, we didn't. I mean, I was happy to do $10 million in 20 months, you know. Mm -hmm. And it grew a lot faster. I think, you know, one thing that most people kind of forget and people, you know, is like, you know, I was in the industry for many, many years prior, built sure. a name prior. And if that didn't happen, I don't think I would have had the growth, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I, I really had a built-in reputation. And, and, and reputation is so important in any industry you're going to get into. Right. And the longer you've had it, the more trust you can build. And so when we when we became a service provider, I, already, I was already a thought leader authority. And so, you know... Both the media buyers, affiliates, and and the advertisers all kind of a lot of them knew who I was, and so they're like, "Oh, Peter's going to do this, and it's probably going to be a little bit better." And, sure. and and so I'm going to give it a try. And then when they try, they're like, "Oh, wow! You know, we outperformed all our competitors, and mm -hmm. it quickly, you know, spread really, really quickly." So th that's that's I would say the key is like you know the roots of a lot of it is the reputation that you built on the trust, sure. you know, uh, with the industry. Sure. Well, and that I would guess that got you the trial, as you were, exactly. were saying, from a lot of people. What I would guess a lot of the audience doesn't fully realize is in a performance agency like this, that you have the potential to grow really fast because your clients are going to push the boundaries and grow as fast as they possibly can, assuming the numbers work. Wherein more a traditional agency, they probably have more of an annual budgeting process they're only going to allocate what they've already pre-committed where you're you're most likely i'm just speculating but most likely working with more entrepreneurial folks that will reinvest every dollar or close to right back into it assuming you're growing and, and the numbers all work that's exactly it and and that's the reason why i chose performance is because you know being on the other side you know at the end of the day you watch any Shark Tank episode in a given week, any you know, the, or any VC you're talking about, they're gonna first thing they just say is, "What's your cost per acquisition?" Mm -hmm. Like that's the key word, and performance is all about that. And so, you know, what a, part of our monster growth is because when you know the long term value of a customer, let's just say in our typical customer of ours has one hundred and twenty, hundred and thirty dollars long term value, mm -hmm. and we're only charging our customers forty, forty five bucks um, cost per acquisition, mm -hmm. and so which you know, which advertiser would not say, okay, well, when you have built-in margin like that, sure. give me as many sales as possible instead of working on a 10 grand a month budget right. where you have to get client by client by client. So typically we have less clients than a typical agency, 
but we have guys who who want to again push the re- boundary, reinvest their money, and because they have built-in margin. And so mm-hmm. we we all of our customers, you know, we keep the advertiser in mind. Myself being a former advertiser, saying wait wait a second, you know, like I need to be profitable as an advertiser, and, and it, it needs to be win-win. Sure. And so we push our boundaries uh, in that way, and and it, and we have our built-in margins you know, being the network in between and the agency in between um, that we have our built-in margin. So it, it's worked, it's scaled, and, and, and it's been a fun ride. Very good. Well, a uh, couple other questions around um, addicts. So how have you dealt with, I mean, you, we, we talked about, you know, you've primarily been digital um, native since you really got into this world. The channels, the audience has continued to move. It will fracture then it will consolidate you've got these giant monopolistic platforms right now like google and facebook that tend to control a lot of the the audience access which in many cases seems like it's going to be a very competitive market and your ability to scale some i mean while you have scale audience the competitive pressures might compress down your your scalability how how have you navigated through that because clearly you're still finding success but it seems like every time there's a, a new opportunity, um, people rush in as fast as they can. Right. What most people don't know, realize about our industry, the direct-to-consumer industry, is that you know Google's most of Google's success early on came from our industry. Mm-hmm. Um, we were driving the cost per clicks you know, for Google the first several years. And mm-hmm. then eventually they, they try to get the bigger brands sure. in who are later, you know, slower to move and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they try to sometimes push out our industry, I would say, in some regards, you know, they're like, you know, thanks, but no thanks, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing happened to Facebook. Like when all the, you know, people were buying at Facebook in the beginning, they were small businesses. You didn't know, you know really, you know, you know, $10 a day budgets. Mm-hmm. You know, the big brands kind of came in a little earlier than Google did, but they still weren't, you know, that was a really small part of their budget. And then there was our industries who were paying 30, 50, 70, you know, a dollar per click. Mm-hmm. And so when we're such um, performance driven in math and everything is in math, we can push the limits as far as because everything matters with conversions, earnings per clicks and cost per clicks. And, you know, there's margins built in. And so, you know, so we don't really, you know, as new platforms exist, we're usually the first ones to test it out. Mm -hmm. We're the first Mm -hmm. ones to grow it. People don't realize that. And so, you know, the monopolistic, you know, you know, where there's, um, Whereas ad networks or display, you know, our industry is using all of the above. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we use the social, you know, from Facebook and Instagram. We use, we definitely use Google. Display, you know, natives evolving and, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're evolving with it. And even email. So, like, those are the five major sources of traffic that we use. Almost everything we do is paid media. We don't do SEO. We don't do Amazon. We don't do marketplaces. You know, we use paid media and, and for our advertisers on their own websites. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. So one word I haven't heard you mention is mobile. And we were talking a little bit before about you, you've primarily uh, worked with brands that have physical products versus digital. And, and clearly in the mobile world, we've gotten heavily into an app-based uh, marketing model, largely digital product. Have you found opportunities <laughs> in mobile? In, tw- in 2013, actually mobile was the thing that helped uh, really launch addicts where we're at because okay. no one, none of my competitors were focusing on sure. mobile responsive pages. Mm, yes. And so we built 
they would use the same desktop pages and you would squeeze in that little mobile mm -hmm. and we made mm -hmm. all of our pages mobile responsive mm -hmm. and our mobile conversions like doubled all our competitors and we focused on that and 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 72% of all of our transactions are on mobile on a mobile wow. device so we've always been that way and we always and unfortunately as you know the consumer gets more and more comfortable buying on a phone which they clearly have sure. you know it's helped our business so we you know a recommendation whether you have a small business or a large business is like make sure your pages are are mobile responsive it's sure. our, we have ipad responsive we do the heat test and all that stuff and conversions is key mm -hmm. and so you're you're definitely accessing mobile traffic on facebook and instagram and 100, google that's majority yeah, of it. yeah, yeah it's totally. probably this past year it's probably closer to 80 plus percent yeah yeah, that totally. But but uh, you're getting it through those. That totally totally makes sense. So, what's the coolest product that you've seen in the last twelve months, either that you're working with as a client or that you've just seen out there and gone, oh, that's a that's amazing. To pick one of them, I I have such some of the best uh, brands that we work with as clients. Um, you know, we we work a lot largely in health and beauty space, so we see a lot of these kind of innovative things. Uh, the the first one I could think of mine is there's just one brand we just brought on this year and they have this time release capsule where all of a sudden you take one pill and then all of a sudden, you know, instantly you'll have this main ingredient, but then two hours later, it releases this other mm -hmm. main ingredient and then six hours later, it releases this other ingredient. And so they have an energy one where they give, you know, the steady energy throughout. Mm -hmm. and they also have this amazing sleep one they're working on. Mm -hmm where you know, it has the melatonin and then it has like the GABA that you say asleep and then it has you know, even a form of caffeine you know, in the sixth and seventh hour. So when you're waking up, like you're already energized. And so it's really, really cool technology. Um, I'm excited to launch that product with them um, that we're gonna launch pretty soon. Very cool, very cool. So some, some interesting time release yeah. uh, capabilities. That, that, that sounds like a great one for a marketer yeah, uh, as well. Exactly. So you've started a number of different businesses here. You alluded to how you like to look for that unique need or unmet need that you see in, in the market. How do you decide, um, is it just that, or are there other decisions that you tend to factor in to help you decide whether to start a business or not start yeah. a business? Yeah, there are definitely kind of a matrix that I go through. I'm very mathematical. And so like, actually, I actually put it in a matrix these days mm. because I have like new opportunities come every sure. week, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was just like, again, I can't say uh, yes to all of them. So I'll say, you know, no n nine times before I say yes to one. And part of my decision-making process, part of that matrix, one of them is, is, is it fun? Like, do I, I'm at the point where, you know, large part of my success isn't about you know how much money we're making but mm -hmm. it's like am i having fun doing it mm -hmm. um is it challenging enough because that's a big part of it you know sure. like i want to part of growth is that challenge and so is it fun is it challenging that's part of it mm -hmm. um obviously do i have enough time to commit to it um do i have the right team for it starts with partners partners sure. is everything you know and and you know, starting as many companies as I've had, you know, I've had good and bad partners, and uh, mm -hmm. I'll be honest with you, and 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 some of it, um, and so I've learned from that, and and, and there's no magic formula. Like every successful, I, I I know a dozen billionaires and you know, super super ultra successful people, and they all still make mistakes even in their seventies, yeah. and so, um, 
part of it is you know picking the right partners and then picking the right teams to lead it mm-hmm. um and that, that's all part of the core components of it and then for me you know these days it's just like you know is this scalable because for me to do i'll, I'll spend the same amount of time building a million dollar company than a billion dollar company mm-hmm. right and so if i'm going to put the same effort you know and and do i have the core competence to be competitive like mm-hmm. you know you know i i like learning new industries because it 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 makes the other industries I'm in better because I'm looking at a new perspective. And so mm-hmm. for me, um, and then I, then I clearly go and I, I go in the cave and, and say, how can I make this, you know, the best and how in five or 10 years can this still withstand, you know, the ever evolving industries and where the, and, and will this still last and still be the best? So I, I do take the time to really do that. And until I have mm-hmm. the big aha mm-hmm. and those genius level moments of saying, this is going to be special these days. And, and I would say when I was younger, I didn't have that, maybe sometimes that foresight, you just go and just mm-hmm. go do and then learn and break things along the way. But now I would say for me, I'm a little more thoughtful. Um, I want to do things more meaningful. And to me, and that's the last part is like, you know, when you're younger, you'll you'll just sell whatever that sells and now you know i'm in my mid-30s i'm saying okay even though maybe i'm 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 still young for my age but um you know i'm already thinking about you know what's meaningful for this Mm -hmm. world for this planet Mm -hmm. what can do good and and that's a big part of it for me too that's awesome well you uh you're you're going right into some other questions that i i wanted so let's let's go under the hood just a little bit more around that and you know the I I don't think uh, we've talked about this, but I I came from a multi generational family business, uh, and it lasted almost 150 years wow. in my family. And so I have this really long view that I tend to take to things. But the world, certainly the digital world, where I've spent a lot of my time as well, pace of change is just so radically different. And so I think as as we look ahead, I tend to look and, and assume that the cycle times are going to increasingly shorten. So as you think about future opportunities and the change that you see in the direct-to-consumer digital marketing space, how, how do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I'm constantly thinking about that. I'm constantly trying to stay ahead of the curve, really thinking about what's the new form of commerce, mm. what's the customer wanting. At the end of the day, you know, without our customers, not even our clients, the customers, the end user mm-hmm. buying it, mm-hmm. like without that, as that's evolving, then, you know, we don't exist. And so for me, having the foresight, like I stay on top of things, you know, you know, I, I just, I don't know if you know who Peter Diamandis, I'm like, sure. I joined his Abundance 360 program because mm-hmm. just so I can stay on, on top of mm-hmm. what's happening, AR, VR, health, mm-hmm. longevity, you know, all the energy and all those things. And so to me is like being in the forefront of what's new, what's fresh, keeps me and that's part of the fun and the challenge for me so i i don't fear it um i know all the experience i've had in this world only makes entering whatever is new to come i can i can take that same mm-hmm. principles because it's all, all the mm-hmm. same principles of buying principles of what 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 makes people buy sure. and taking that and evolving that with, with whatever the medium is hmm. so you, you talked about how it, there's sort of the same amount of effort to to build a huge company versus a, a small company. Have you thought through, I mean, you, you've had success over and over and over building bigger companies really quickly. That's a skill. There are not that many people, and I'm sure you've met a lot of people that have built small businesses. How do you think about what what it is that you have that's allowed you to do that repeatedly where others... 
maybe can't get past that first million or a few million. I mean, that first that first one dollar is like the hardest, and that first million is the next hardest. And then, you know, th- you come to a certain point where, like, you know, it took me almost ten years to get that first real million. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it was just like people forget about that. It's just mm-hmm. like the, you know, and um, I think you know, grit is very very important. I think your mentality right your attitude towards entrepreneurship mm-hmm. is so so key and so like i don't like i'm the, i'm the type of person who doesn't like doing the same thing over and over every single day i'm constantly like trying it breaking it everything mm-hmm. is my playground everything is my test lab mm-hmm. and i don't have such a a strong you know um attachment towards oh shoot you know my idea is the best idea mm-hmm. and let, let's you know like no i will that idea comes up i'm going to test it real quick if it doesn't work move on to the next one so i treat everything yep. like that you know you fail fast and you you'll find eventually if you fail enough times which i i can probably guarantee that i probably failed way more t- more than uh most people have sure. their entire lives you know yes you know and so doing you know, what you do that's yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's but, part of it but the the beauty of it is like i don't i don't think of it as as failure right it's just a test and 100 percent of the time you'll get a result and as long as you you, right. you keep on doing that fast and learning quickly so i think that's part of it it's like it's not there's no magic formula it's just like but for me from us if you, you're talking about scaling a company i think more importantly i look for things that are mass market because then the, you have a wider audience right mm-hmm. and so i that's why i'm in the health and beauty space that's why i'm in certain spaces because you know, I'm in the energy space, I'm in some of the green space, I'm in the crypto space. Like those are mass market solutions out there that the world is, is evolving into and, and and certain technologies and, and, and that's what matters to me. And so, you know, if you want to be a, in a niche space and that's fine, start off with that and build some experience and confidence. And, and I think more importantly, learn how to market hmm. because every entrepreneur they're outsourcing their marketing, which is great. I mean, it's good for my business, right? Sure. But at the end of the day, I learned early on as entrepreneurs, like if I don't know how to sell or market, I don't, I'm not really much of an entrepreneur because if you don't know those principles and, and to do that, that's, that's the secret sauce. Yeah, that's, that is such a great lesson for the audience. So thank you yeah. for sharing that. I could not agree more on, on both you know, testing, failing fast, and also just knowing knowing that core element of your craft. I, I've shared the story. I don't know if I have on here before, but um, one of the first startups that I was involved with was while I was in school, and I would I was writing Google ads all day long in the middle of class, and I would literally ask my classmates next to me to give me headlines because I said I just need more. Exactly, more is better as far as test exactly. any test ideas. Precisely, I will take them. So. Um, I think we we definitely share a lot of, of views there. So as you're scaling companies, you obviously have to scale the people and the teams. What have you learned from that, and and you know how to help people scale, or how to help them understand when they're being a bottleneck, so that you can can scale uh, your organizations. So the first six six years, I moved here you know we've hired over 900 people right so across the various companies and so that hasn't it seems like a lot and we did it one person at a time Mm -hmm. i think it's so key you know i don't operate most of the day-to-day of any of the companies except ad exchange and you know my partners run the day-to-day operations and they're such good with people 
managing people. That's such a key component. Mm-hmm. Um, hiring good people, building good cultures. You know, we've won a lot of awards. I think more importantly, what I'm more proud of, even besides you know Entrepreneur of the Year or like, you know, is the best places to work yes. and the culture awards. We won a lot of those in, in our companies, and I'm most proud of that because it's not just like we're the biggest and some of the best, but we're also have done it the right way mm-hmm. with the right people. And so to me, that's what makes a company and building a right culture. That I would say cares with a capital C is very very important. When 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 every employee realizes that the guy at the top or the founder or the CEO truly truly cares about them, they're gonna work want to work harder. They're gonna mm-hmm. and, and I don't use fear based tactics. I don't micromanage, you know. But we we have to have A players with great talent who also are here to work, but also know that you know we're, we're, there's something bigger than themselves, and and, and align that vision. That's great. Yeah, just so clear that you understand building companies is a team sport. Absolutely. And yeah, yeah the, you know, as, as I've talked about previously, you know, the best teams tend to win, and yeah. so the, you, you create a culture of, of team and and care and love like that, and um, you're gonna you're gonna unlock people's best potential and and capability, and and they'll they they will absolutely uh, they'll do their best. That's awesome. So. We haven't talked too much about Orange County. I, Accelerate OC is is really focused on Orange County, which I've been here uh, 15 years, and and you've been here about 10. Uh, it's a great place, and we continue to have amazing entrepreneurs like you doing things here. What is it about Orange County that you most appreciate? So when I first moved here, uh, my wife told me, that I, we can either live in San Diego, Orange County, LA, or the Bay Area, mm-hmm. right? And so I literally visit all the places. And I visited prior when I lived in the East Coast. And I really gave every city, you know, region a try. Mm-hmm. And very, very quickly within months, I was like, OC is it is. And and I think besides, you know, you know the weather and besides like less traffic, you know, yes. than uh, maybe like congested L- LA, it was that sweet spot for me where it wasn't the craziness of LA and the the hustle and bustle, which I appreciate. I like having LA in our backyard because I'm there sure. probably twice a month. I like having San Diego in our backyard, um, but San Diego is a little bit too relaxed for me. Mm. And and OC was the right in that mecca of like that small business in between where the the talent pool was good enough, the um, the people were ambitious enough. And, um, and, and I think more importantly, like you can build like the, the hearts of the people here, our teams were definitely there. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think they have a more pure aspect of it and you get a lot of the, you know, ex, you know, Silicon Valley transplant who maybe are, originally comes down to LA for jobs and then they, they make their way down the, the people who are more family oriented and, mm-hmm. you know, make their way down to OC and then you get some really, really good talent. We've hired some amazing, amazing people in OC, and I, I don't think I could have built the bu- business I've built in almost any other city besides you know, having OC. And so people are like, oh, is it, is it, you know, you're not Silicon Valley? I was like, no, that's that's a huge benefit. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't have to pay Silicon Valley wages sometimes. You know, that's a competitive advantage. And um, and we can build, you know, and, and train some people. You know, I don't have any issues training people because I, I'm a natural teacher, and so, um, into new industries and 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 making that happen so you know for me oc is and besides i mean from a personal perspective of oc you know 
when you're about an hour and a half away from going surfing, going skiing, going hiking anywhere, mm-hmm. to like just about every single outdoor things or indoor things, like you have it all. You're a, f- a food mecca. I mean, I'm a f- big foodie, and so like you know we have every type of food, mm-hmm. you know, within half an hour from where I live or work, and um, there's all big parts for me to make me, you know. For me, I, I want I I love to be in OC for the rest of my life, and I told my wife, my family, <clears throat> this is where, you know, I live in Villa Park, you know, so great spot. The, in the small city in OC, but I love it because it's quiet and it's exactly a great place to raise a family. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I think you you just said what a lot of folks who've been on here have said. This is a place where you can't have it all. Mm-hmm. So to just turn a little bit, there are always ways that we can improve. Part of why I started Accelerated OC is after. As much time as I've been here, I've had a lot of conversations with folks who've said, you know, I just, I'm not aware of all these really interesting things that I hear about and, and who are the people that are making things happen here. And um, as you think about the things you feel like we could improve as a business community here, what, what would you say are the things you feel like we should be focusing on as a, as a business community to support each other? I think um, having more one accelerators incubators you know more focus even on like let's say university settings Mm -hmm. and and you know uci does a great job fullerton does a great job in these schools we have a lot of ex you know alumni Mm -hmm. from there Mm -hmm. um and and there's great accelerators here and this just more focus on attracting supporting these new tech bubbles and these new initiatives um, in other industries to diversify. OC already has a really, really well diversified, yes. you know, both professional sector, tech, high tech sector already, but continue to, what I'd love to see also is uh, is for entrepreneurs to collaborate a little bit better. Yes. Like, you know, I, I don't think we do that well enough. I don't think we know each other well enough. We, we see each other's on mm-hmm. awards or some of these, you know, charity events, but there's not enough things for us to, to see how we can collaborate and work together. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to see that more. We see that a little bit more in, in other cities. And I think the more that we get to share with one another, learn from one another, and collaborate with one another, I think uh, it makes OC that much stronger. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. And uh, that's why I, I so appreciate you coming on here. And um, we'll we'll continue to work on making mm-hmm. that happen as as a group. So I, I appreciate that. So, Peter, unfortunately, I'd love to continue this conversation. Peter, uh, Paul's giving me the, mm-hmm. the high sign over here, so we're going to have to wrap up for today. And so one of the things I always ask my guests uh, as a final lap, is to share a, a key lesson or piece of advice. You've shared a bunch already. This has just been uh, a treasure trove of, of wisdom, and, and I greatly appreciate that. I know the audience will as well. But what's the, the last piece of advice or lesson you'd love to leave with our audience this morning? I'm going to leave with two. I'll give you one little bonus. Perfect. Okay, so one important thing um, is to, to truly know thyself, mm. right? So it's like so for me... Early on in my 20s, I realized that I was a math guy. I realized I liked the creative side of things. I loved the challenge. I liked solving big problems. And so, like, I knew myself well enough to say, okay, these industries, these sectors, it wasn't just about making money, but it was, like, knowing myself to where would I thrive. Mm-hmm. And people kind of shortchange themselves. Like, And I think either people think too highly of themselves mm-hmm. where they're a little delusioned or don't think of themselves enough where they don't see their full potential. And I think when you find your sweet spot and know, truly know thyself, mm. 
um, you'll find your sweet spot in life. I think, you know, ability, affinity, opportunity, when those three matches, you're in your sweet spot in life. That's the first part. So be true to yourself, be authentic to yourself, and you'll find your your spot as an entrepreneur. And the, and the second thing is kind of a newer thing that I've been really thinking about a lot. You know, I've been working out, you know, more than I've ever. I'm probably in the best shape of my life. That's awesome. I had some good mentors and friends who have gotten there. And, you know, one of my, you know, my mentors, you know, uh, in in the physical workout space, he's one of the biggest thought leaders. His name is Mike Chang. You know, recently he's told me that, you know, in order to build muscle, you have to have you know increase your time under tension, mm. right? And so it's just like the key of this is like, you know, when you're pushing you know ten reps of your bench press or your push ups or whatever, he says it's it's like the last two when you're struggling, you're barely doing that. He says that's when the real muscle gets built. The first eight doesn't really build mm. muscle. It's just easy going fast, right? So he says, so he says instead of doing you know, 10 things, you know, what you should do is you should do the whole time slow and time under tension. And the longer you, you have time under tension, the, the, the quicker your muscle will exponentially grow. And it doesn't just work that way. I was thinking, think, been thinking about the last couple of weeks. So it doesn't work that way just in the physical body. Mm-hmm. It works that way in the mental. It works that way in the emotional. That it works that way in the spiritual. Mm-hmm. And so all aspects of our body the longer we have time under tension. And so what most people as entrepreneurs try to do is avoid failure, avoid mm. the tension. And when you avoid the failure, you avoid success, like mm. ultra success, because when you when you see that tension, most people are just like, ah, that's why most people don't become entrepreneurs because mm-hmm. they, they don't want, they have that, they fear that's that right. tension. They try that's to right. avoid it, dance around it. And so just like in your physical body, where when you feel that tension, you, what do you do? You push through that. Mm. And so to me, that's the part of grit. And so like, the most successful people have the toughest minds right here. It's not mm-hmm. the the brilliant ideas. You, you see all sorts of different IQs, all sorts of different levels of you know ability, and then you're like, this is what it at all. It's like so, so you know, I've been through a lot. Part of my stories, I've been through these crazy. I had this crazy life. My father p- passed away right in front of me when I was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. I went through all these things in my you know early 20s of failures and all these things, and that time under tension for me helped accelerate and i pushed right through it i had the right mental fortitude so now anything that that i face i have that muscle built in and you know and and remember that first time you do your first 10 push-ups you could barely do it or mm-hmm. your first two pull-ups and then after you keep doing time and attention it's like oh that, it's easy 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 it gets easier so for me doing almost 20 years as an entrepreneur entrepreneur now who faced it all like i'm not afraid of what's to come because i've been under enough time under tension mm-hmm where we were like, okay, let's bring it on. We can, let's solve bigger problems. Let's face bigger challenges and, and let, let's go. That's awesome. Peter, thank you so much for taking us along on the, mm-hmm. the ride today. Mm-hmm. This has been, I, I'm, I'm feeling like mm-hmm. I got a good workout just mm-hmm. from this conversation. So uh, thank you so much. And you know, so much wisdom and experience shared. Thanks for just opening up and, and providing so much value to our audience. And it's clear you're doing your part to accelerate OC. Welcome to the family. Thanks a lot, Kara. Glad to be here. Thanks a lot. You've just listened to Accelerate OC. Join our live recordings every Tuesday morning at accelerateoc.com or listen, like, and share anytime from your favorite podcast spot. Let's accelerate OC together. 